0: Hello, Welcome to Notes to My Legal Self. Together, we explore topics of interest to in-house lawyers. We cover career, practice tips, leadership, the future of law, mental health, legal tech, and much, much more. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Let us know. Self-nominations are encouraged. They're an act of courage. Want to get the most from this conversation? Ask questions, comment, like, follow, say hello. In short, engage. Finally, have fun. In-house legal practice is a serious business, but you don't have to take yourself seriously. Let's begin. Here's your host, Olga Mack.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Notes to My Legal Self. I'm really excited about conversation today. Um, I'm going to talk to somebody who I've admired for a long time. She've helped throughout my career. I consider her my mentor. I definitely consider her my role model. She's been doing a lot of things right as an in-house lawyer. She's truly inspirational. And I invite all of you to engage, ask questions, because it is a fantastic opportunity to learn from some of the best in the industry. So without further ado, Karna, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so excited for you. Can't wait to talk to you. Please introduce yourself.
2: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much, Olga. I am super excited to be here. My name is Karna Niswanner. And I'm the General Counsel and Corporate Secretary at Cadence Design Systems, or Cadence. And I've been in this role for a few months, but I've been at the company for over a decade. And I'm thrilled by where I've gotten to. And I'm looking forward to the conversation we're going to have today, Olga.
1: Oh, exciting. Tell us a little bit more about Cadence. And also tell us a little bit more about how you got to be the General Counsel of this uh, amazing, iconic Silicon Valley company.
2: So Cadence is a really cool technical company. We design the software that's used to design semiconductor chips, which is basically the beginning of every device or thing that we use on a daily basis. So for me, coming out of engineering and undergrad, I just love being at a company that makes technology possible. And that's been really exciting to see as the company also moved beyond that core of what we call EDA or electronic design automation and that designing of those semiconductor chips to all of the systems around that. So testing the whole system to make sure a system's aerodynamic or has great you know, power consumption or is not getting too hot, the thermal analysis. So all those technical things are kind of fun. And I'm going to talk about why I've had such success here at Cadence, I think a lot of it has to do with my excitement and passion for the technology. And when I started here, I was a business partner to one of the business units. And so I got to really dive deep into the technology. I started out as a patent lawyer, and so I got to talk with all the engineers and figure out how everything worked. And that was part of my journey, was really deeply understanding and following love with the company itself and what they created. And then over time, I took on new responsibilities. I took on the employment and litigation group. I didn't know about like employment law. It's really complex, but I had a great person who helped me learn and I helped her learn about the company. Then I took on the commercial transactions group and I really got to partner with the sales organization and understand it's not just about the products you make, but it's also about how you sell them and how you engage with the customers. And then I took on the government and trade compliance organization And there are a lot of things going on in the government that we have to be aware of and be in compliance with and understanding the impact that has on the company is really of critical importance in this current geopolitical situation we have. And then, you know, most recently, I got promoted to be the general counsel and it was really taking on that corporate function and learning about the board and the governance and that aspect of the legal practice. So it's really been a journey of taking on more and more and more and learning new areas And, and growing as the company's grown into this role of leadership, and now I have almost 45 people on my team who are, you know, doing great things. And I really appreciate that I have such a great team.
1: Oh, I, I just love so much about this story. And, um, you know, for those people who may or may not find semiconductors exciting, they are very important. They're pretty much in every technology we use today. Um, I started my my career dealing with semiconductors, and they are very important behind the scene little things or big things, uh, depending on the device. So Karna is actually doing a lot of work likely touching every viewer and listener on on this podcast what i do love about your journey karna is this sort of starting in the in a in a kind of niche area and through the love for the industry and the product propelling yourself forward i do find that this focus on product and industry is 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 very important and can really take something that is so narrow and blow it up to, to really um, elevate a leader. Um, and that seems to be a journey.
2: <laughs> it really is. It really is. And, you know, I do think sometimes people say to me, well, how did you go from like IP law and patents to be a general counsel? It seems like such a big jump. But at the end of the day, what a leadership team is looking for, what your CEO is looking for, is somebody that they believe understands the strategy, the intent of the company that they can trust to, advise them on where the company is going. So that deep knowledge of the products, of the company, of the ecosystem is so valuable in the advice that you're giving and in the support you're giving to the company. And so I feel like having that knowledge is so important. And I think some people discount understanding the technology in the company deeply and think more about how their legal knowledge and practice is the most important thing. And don't get me wrong, it's critical. If you don't know your stuff, nobody's going to trust you. But if you know your stuff, but also know the company, you just elevate to that next level.
1: I love that. The journey from engineer to lawyer to ultimately the leader. I love that. So let's talk about what it means to be a leader. And what is the role of a leader?
2: So for me... The role of the leader is really to inspire others to be their best selves. I think about my team and what's my job with my team. My team does all sorts of different things. And so I need to make sure that they're aligned with the message of the company, that they know the value of what they're providing. And then they're excited to really often go above and beyond to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to support that vision. The other role I think of as a leader is to really connect people. So, you know, one of the things that happens when somebody new comes in is they don't know anyone. So how do you connect them with the people that are going to help them be successful? Not just within legal, but really within the whole company. And so the longer you're with the place, particularly if you're engaging deep within the organization, the more you can say, oh, this person can answer your question about how that product works. Let me connect you. Oh, this person's doing our social marketing. Why don't I connect you to somebody else? And so I see my role as a leader is one of both inspiring people, but then also connecting them to either the people or the resources that will help them be the most successful and be able to give the most to the company.
1: So, in your very long journey at this company, you had an opportunity to work with all kinds of people and and learn about you know substantive areas because you definitely went from patents to employment to commercial to now you know uh, general counsel with board responsibilities. Every single one of those steps involves a lot of learning, uh, but also you know you got a chance to observe leaders in their natural habitat <laughs> in the wild doing their thing. Um, who, which lessons and who did you, you know, who did you learn from that point of view the most, which lessons stayed with you as you have become the general
2: counsel? So the lesson that has stayed with me the most is just the importance of trusting your team enough to truly delegate to them. I find that a lot of people want to hold on to their responsibilities want to keep things because they feel like they're the expert. I was the expert in patents. I wrote our patent strategy, right? But I had to delegate that responsibility to somebody else and let them own it and not micromanage, not get in and ask too many questions, but say, hey, you're in charge now. What do you want to do? There was one area that I held on to the longest, and that was open source because I'd been doing it for so long and I was so excited by it. And finally, somebody said, hey, I want to own that. And I had to let it go and be like, "Okay, Caroline, you get to own it. (laughs) And I could walk her through. I could train. And then I just had to let her go. And she's taken our program in a place that I wouldn't have. And I'm so impressed with where it went. (laughs) But I couldn't have done that if I had kept control and if I had told her what she had to do. You have to let people really take things and run with them. And that's why you hire people you trust. That's why you build that trusted relationship. Because when you trust somebody to do an excellent job, you can see them really thrive and go well beyond where you would think. And to me, that's the the real value of creating that trusted environment and really delegating responsibility to others is they they do so much more than you could have done or you would have even thought to do.
1: Yeah. By the way, I totally relate to the hard time giving up the open source part. this is this is like the if you consider yourself a tech technology, and I'm not an engineer, but I do like I have this a triggering word when it comes to open source. <laughs> I pretty much like everything about that that phrase, what it stands for the potential good it may have in the world and the company you're in. And it's so juicy and complicated and so many things can go wrong. So if you're a true geek, it's it's like giving that up, even as, as you advance in your career. So I see you, Karna. I would have struggled with giving up open source. I, in fact, I have in my career. And I'm probably just because I'm not an engineer, because it is actually truly technical item at some point. Um, <laughs> I mean, you probably struggled even more if, if you anything like me so I, I see you <laughs> I definitely see you. Um, let's talk about strong teams and you know you alluded to some of it as sort of part of it is sort of letting go and allow people to take it further. Uh, you know, But there is more. There is much more to a, a, a functional, strong team of 45 people. What are other components?
2: So when I think of how you create a strong team, fundamentally, it first comes to people. And it's the people that you have on that team and the relationships you build with them. Because you can find great lawyers. You can find great people to work for you. But if you don't have a strong relationship with them, if you don't build that sense of trust, then, then you're not gonna get the most out of them. You're not gonna get the value that you need. And so for me, when I think of building that strong team, I think of the people that I've worked with and how I've built those relationships. And you know, one of the things we talked about earlier is that idea of that trust that I have to trust them to be really good and that I can delegate and then they can do a good job. But I also have to trust them that, you know, sometimes things don't work. Sometimes they make a mistake that they'll come to me and we'll work together to fix it. So you can't feel like they're going to always be perfect. And they need to know that you'll have their back, that you'll be there if something goes wrong or if it's not perfect, or we need to make a change midstream. And so you have to have that two-way street of I'm trusting you, but you're also trusting me. And when you have that, I feel like you get so much more from the group. And then you also need to think about like, you know, just operationally, like where are my functional leaders and who are they? Who, you know, as one old manager of mine used to say, who's my brain on a topic? I have tamomi and she's my brain on, you know, employment. I have Isaac, he's my brain on patents. I have, you know, Stephanie, she's my brain on corporate. I don't have to be an expert in all those areas. And I think that's another thing that leaders struggle with is you want to be the expert. You know, we were raised as, you know, you're the expert in your area. Well, as a leader, I can't be the expert in all the areas. I actually shouldn't be the expert in all the areas. I should have experts who can then build their own teams to do the work. And I have to trust them as the expert. And the best thing is when they're also teaching you. And so, you know, as my career progressed and I took on new and different responsibilities, all those experts helped me. They helped explain things to me, they helped train me. And I think that really helped me grow as a leader because I understood their capability and I understood my gaps. Like you always <laughs> have to know what your gaps are. And I knew who to go to, to to do the right thing. And so to me, building that team is about building those relationships, having those experts. And really relying on them to train you. And then you can train them in other things. You can give them advice on that higher level. And you can help them be super successful. And you can enable their success, which you know it's just this, you know, endless wheel of, of goodness for the whole organization.
1: It is a flywheel. It is absolutely a flywheel when done right. I've seen it in action. Those are some of the most inspiring leaders uh, that I will raise my hand and happily will follow. Um, if, if if it can be done, absolutely. Uh, by the way, um, I love how clean your office is. <laughs> Total <laughs> non sequitur. It's my it's my my goal in life to get to be you when I grow up.
2: <laughs> well, I'm also a zero inbox person. Like I don't like having clutter in the office. I don't have clutter in my inbox. I, I want everything to have its place and be put away. <laughs>
1: Okay. Okay. I, I love the way you think. Is there sort of a thought that, you know, um, your desk reflects the state of your mind?
2: Is that? No, I don't think it is that at all. I think it's more just like, it's just easier when everything is clean and clear. And then I feel like there's nothing left to do. Um, where, when something's out, then to me, that's a signal, Oh, there's something I have to get done or there's something that's going on. And i like to be able to leave and feel like, well, everything's put away and I can, you know, now move on to the rest of my life.
1: I love that. Let's continue the conversation about leadership and building relationship. Because, um, you know, in building relationship, there is sort of a, a second part. How do you build relationship with your leadership team? That is, with your, you know, executives that may or may not be your peers depending where you are, uh, with uh, the, you know, yes, yes, general counsel and general counsel's peers. Uh, or if you are general counsel's, your peer, the CEO and, and a member of the board. And there may be, depending on your industry, depending on, on your company, there may be other people who have a lot of influence or leading. They just may or may not even have a formal title. They may be founders. They, they may be people who deeply care, that have a history that somehow involved. Those are very important stakeholders in your life identifying them with sort of half of the battle. And then the secondary part building relationships of trust and confidence that propel you
2: forward. How do you do that? (laughs) So how do you do that? To me, you're not doing that by saying, that's a leader, I'm going to build a trusted relationship with them. You do that over time, like over a decade, really. And what you do is you do a really good job. You understand what they need and you help solve their problems. And by doing a good job over time, and by engaging with them over time. And it's not any one person. And so for me, what I think is important is you need to build a relationship of um, you being the expert that can help them and you being that go-to person that can help them at many different levels of the organization. So that you have people that are junior saying, I really appreciate working with Karnash you really helped me get through this one issue and we were able to move forward. You do that with your CFO. And then they can say the same thing. And so it's through all of those different levels that you need to, in the beginning, really show that you can be that partner who helps them be more successful. Because it's about helping them be successful and helping them meet their goals, be it a sales goal, a product release goal, a financial metric goal. You need to help them be successful. And then they can see, hey, I know I can go to Karna And she's not going to say no. She's not going to say, oh, I don't know. Let's wait and see. She's going to say, okay, I understand what you need. Let's come up with a path. Let's solve that for you. And I feel like that being an expert or being like in the beginning, really good at IP law and really helping people with that area, you know, that's how you start to build that trusted relationship. And then you just continue to show up. You continue to be there. And really, you continue to listen to what they're asking for, because so often <clears throat> it's easy to just say, oh, I think you need this. And it's like, do they really let me hear what they're asking for and give them what they actually need. And so to me, that building the trusted relationship with a leadership team is something that's built over time. And it's built through multiple layers of the organization, not just with those individuals, but also those that report to them and those that report to them. And it's showing up as your best self. And I think it helps to show up as your authentic self because then they know it's really you and continuing to show up over time. And that's, to me, how you, you know, start to build the foundation of that trusted relationship is really being there for them.
1: I love that. All right. We're going to talk about hard things. Because not every lesson is an easy lesson or even an enjoyable lesson. I mean, come on. I, I, you know, I, we, I, We've been friends long enough. I'm not going to just throw you softballs. I like you too much. You just throw you softballs. Let's talk about hard lessons. What were the hard lessons and, 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 and what did you learn from them?
2: So you don't always get what you want. Sometimes the timing is wrong. Sometimes the situation is wrong. And you can ask for something and it continues to be denied to you. Um, you can want a promotion and it doesn't happen. I know I, you know, I became general counsel two months ago, but I applied for the job almost three years ago (laughs) when, you know, two general counsels ago retired and I didn't get the role. And so the hard lesson was, Hey, you might be qualified. You might be capable. People might believe in you, but you might not get it. And so then what do you do? How do you respond to that? I me, mean, you can cry for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. What do you do then?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, What do you do then? <laughs> what do you, do then? <laughs> you, you know, you have a little bit of misery for a little bit, and then you get over yourself because, you know, you don't control the world around you. You control your path forward, and you make decisions about, well, what makes sense for me? And sometimes what makes sense is being patient, knowing that something is not going to last forever knowing that there might be CEO changes that are going to take place at some point in the future. And you know, you have that great trusted relationship with the CEO knowing that there's a pandemic. And so do I really want to make any changes to my life? Knowing that your team is also struggling because they really wanted that for you too. And so how do you make them feel good about where things are at and keep them engaged and excited and continuing to work? And so for me, it was like two months or two weeks of being like super bummed out. And then it was like, okay, I need to pivot and focus on just being a hundred percent all in in the job that I have. And I need to be a hundred percent all in on my team. And it was the same time as the pandemic was shutting things down. So it was, how do I keep this team engaged when we're all remote? How do I make sure they're getting everything they need? So our company can continue to move forward. And our company like rockstar through the pandemic, like beat and raise, beat and raise the whole pandemic. So. You know we kept growing and we kept doing things and so i needed a team that was deeply engaged in staying up on stuff and then i needed to build a relationship with the new general counsel, and i needed to say okay how can i help them be successful because i need to take a step back from what i wanted and realize the situation that i'm in and make it as successful as possible complaining about this doesn't do anyone any good. Like, what are people going to get out of that? That you're unhappy and bitter? Nobody wants to be around a bitter person. Like they want to be around somebody who's doing a great job, who's totally engaged and who's kind of waiting for the scenario to change. Not to say that you don't look for other things, but at the same time, you look at like, what do I actually have right now? And is this good enough for a little bit while I wait for things to potentially change? And then, you know, stars align and things change and then you're ready because you've been like building that foundation for a long time. And so for me, sometimes you need to get out of your own head and just focus on the job you need to do. And sometimes just focusing on the job you need to do can help you get through things and find success in other things, find that, that opportunity or that chance to focus on being better for others.
1: I love that. And I I think you have at least one fan
2: who who love that
1: too. There are probably, I am sure there are many more. Thank you, Dan, for coming. I'm sure there are many, many more, um, you know, and I'm going to remind folks to ask questions and be engaged uh, because that's how you show the love for all the amazing advice Karna just shared. Um, I'm going to dig deeper because um, I, as you know, I've been in this position a few times and I made a decision to be patient and before that paid out. I've also made decisions to move forward that also actually paid out, and I never looked back and and regretted it. So I, I you know, I don't, I, you know, I actually don't think that patience is the always a virtue. It is occasionally a virtue, as impatience could be a, a virtue. I think the the harder part is to know, you know, which is. The right thing to do under circumstances for you personally, and I'm gonna. This is where I'm gonna dig a little deeper, okay? because um, you kind of alluded that you know pandemic was an unusual event, maybe not a time to make life changing decision because life is changing anyway. But I'm just still curious because I know you wanted this job for a long time. I've known you long enough, well before you probably even considered becoming a general counsel of this amazing company, um, and I, I know you it. and I I am sure this was a bummer for you. Uh, but I'm curious, just kind of, how did you go through that thought process? Yeah, and I get it; nobody likes to be around the negative Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's also a part where you know, if you know, it's it's you have to show up as the authentic self. And part of being authentic is being treated well and right, uh, whatever that means to you and under the circumstances. It's not about being negative. It's about you know w- what. You know what? What do you kind of expect, and what, 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 You know how else you can show up in other places. So I'm curious how you thought about it. this. is actually a very complicated issue, um, and people, you know, uh, deal with it in many ways. It's sort of like a very personal decision. And there's no right way or wrong way to do it. I'm yet to develop a system of making the right decision under the circumstances. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you what I'm not able to do is that come up with a generalized system or approach to solve this impossible, hard personal problem on so many levels for so many reasons. (laughs) No easy questions, Karna.
2: (laughs) You know, and it is, it is personal and it is hard. And, I think about all the times that I made changes in my careers and all the times I jumped from one place to another. And usually for me, I'm a pretty risk adverse person. Like I don't like things that I think upset the, the apple cart. I, but if something happens, that's super negative. That'll cause me to be like, okay, I need to rethink things and find something else. And in this case, it was disappointing, but it wasn't negative. It wasn't somebody telling me they're an, I, I'm an asset they're going to reallocate, or it wasn't somebody saying anything negative. And there were, sign, you know, there was retention bonuses and people kept telling me and leadership kept telling me, well, oh, we really like you, Karna, please stay. We really appreciate you. We see a future for you still. And so I got a lot of that sort of positive support from my mentors and sponsors in the company, from you know, people within the team itself. And so for me, it's, and like you said, it's a super personal decision. It's what do I really want right now? And what did I lose that that's, that's bad? And for me, I didn't lose too much. I just didn't gain anything. And so I think that to me, it comes down to that. Do you feel like you've lost something that you're never going to get back? And then maybe it's time to leave. Or do you feel like this is just kind of a holding pattern? I haven't lost anything, but I just haven't gained as much. Or maybe they actually gave me a little as part of that. And so I think you have to do that analysis for yourself. Of really, well, well, what what do I value? Do I value stability? Do I value a potential that I actually do see? And I always saw a potential. Was it going to be in two years, five years? I didn't know, but I saw that potential. Um, And I heard that potential from the people I was working with. So I do think it's really important to to think about for you and where you are in your career, what makes sense. And then, like, I use the time to do stuff that's crazy. Like I ran for the Palo Alto School Board because I was like, well, I didn't get that job. Maybe I should try doing something for the community. Right. I lost enough votes to swing the state of georgia but not enough to get on the school board which i'm quite thankful for because it seems like a really difficult right now
1: but what is worse most people get their second school board running i I researched it because i've had existential crises and i've almost run for the local office too um i've had a conversation with my husband where where we had a real talk this is the benefit of being married to a fellow lawyer and, uh, and, and, and one of the conversation was, are you prepared to lose the first time because you're really committed to win the second time. So anyway, if, if that's, it, if that's something which you want, do it and I will donate to your campaign, but, well, <laughs> but was, I love
2: that you it was did it. That was reactive. I was like, ah, oh, my kids need to be in school. It was something that was, uh, I feel like I need to do something now. Um, and it was such a great experience because it forced me to talk with so many different people. There were seven debates where I had to learn how to actually just answer questions, have conversations. And so it was really skill building, looking back and understanding the full scope of the role. Like it doesn't work when you're also a general counsel. But at the time, it was really useful for me to to just engage in things outside of my career. And I said, that's another thing to think about when you think about your career and what you're doing is is there something outside of my career that's giving me a lot of a lot of satisfaction is this the thing that i'm going to focus on in the short term while i wait for this longer term thing to pan out and so you know we are a whole person we aren't just our <laughs> career and i think sometimes we forget about that and it's like it's all about the job but you know i have kids like <laughs> i have activities i plan cub scout camping trips like i do other things than just Come into the office, manage a team, you know, advise a CEO. <laughs> there, right.
1: No, absolutely. I, you know, I, I, I think I, I am with you on that one, and that's one of many reasons for including those to my legal self. <laughs> it's because it turns out I have more energy uh, to to give than anyone should receive, and 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 this is what happens, uh, and 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 that's exactly why running for office almost happened for me too. <laughs> um, so, so that, but it did not happen yet. Uh, probably will not happen, but maybe, uh, maybe when my my kids are a little bit older, um, we're coming to the end. I have maybe one or two questions. I don't. We don't have a whole lot more time, but I do want to ask you because you started this conversation about community and being involved and how you think about it. And I love how you think about it. This is another place for you to contribute and to be a whole person and to frankly pick up some skills. Um, there are sort of other ways and you know, I guess maybe share about your community involvement um, and like lessons you learned um, and that really made you a greater leader and a better
2: general counsel. So there, there's two places where I really more deeply engaged in my community. And one is I'm on the board of Palo Alto Community Childcare. We provide the child care for infant, ta- you know, preschool and after school care. Because what's really important to me is that women are able to work. And in order to work, you need somebody watching your kids. And I've really benefited from having that support. And so everything I can do to help support women being able to get their kids in childcare so that they can work is really important to me. And then... The skills I learned from being on that board, from thinking through the implications, from, you know, understanding a balance sheet are really helpful to me now as I'm engaging with our board. Sure, there's like billions of dollars in difference in in value, but those skills are important. And that's my way of volunteering. The other way I volunteered is, you know, with my kids, Girl Scout and Cub Scout troops. And my thing was planning camping trips because I just think it's so important to get kids outside of their home and like in the dirt and seeing what happens. And so many lessons to be learned from organizing camping trips. My last big camping trip was 100 people, 50 adults and 50 kids, and just delegating, trusting that people were gonna do their jobs and make dinner and plan activities. And some failed, some succeeded. How do you manage that? I feel like there's so many lessons in leadership in how you work with strangers, really to help create something that can be magical for these little kids. And so to me, how you engage with your community, the things you volunteer your time for can really make a difference for others and help others learn and grow and become more. So those are some of the things that I've done that I feel like have given me really useful lessons that I take back to the work that I do and take back to the advice that I give to others. And so, there there is a value to that engagement with the community and building trusted relationships with your community, you know, just as you do in your workplace and just as you do in your family. I love
1: that. That is so good. I I'm gonna just pause for a second because that was a really great piece of advice. Um last question, actually last question before the last question. Um briefly, okay. how do you want to be seen by others? You know, this is a little bit of a sort of a legacy question. You know, you're in the beginning of your career. You have an opportunity to sort of define your goals. Like what kind of legacy eventually, however long you're going to be general counsel at this company, perhaps other places. Um, How do you want to be seen? What would you like that legacy to be?
2: You know, I would like to be seen as, well, I'd like to be seen as a trusted leader. I'd like to be seen as somebody that people want to be. And one of the best things I heard from someone when I got this promotion is her saying to me, I just appreciate that sometimes your hair is messy and your house is a little messy and I see you on Zoom and that you're just you and you're not trying to put on this face of I am general counsel, but you're just Karna. And I feel like if I can just be Karna to all of these people and also help them really succeed. Then then that's what I want to be remembered for. I want to be remembered as the person that made them feel the best about themselves.
1: Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. This was I, I knew it was gonna be good. I had you know really high expectations because I like you so much as you know, I was recently in Chips, I saw you. Uh, from far away, and I just lost my bananas and started screaming and hugging you, being completely inappropriate because I like you that much and feel that comfortable. So, But this was even more amazing than I expected. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, your wisdom, your insight. I'm really grateful for our friendship and for you finding the time to share it.
2: Well, I'm <laughs> delighted to be here, Olga. And if there's one thing I want to leave people with is this idea of trust I do think is really important. But the most important thing to me is that it's a two-way street like i need to trust my team will do a great job but they need to trust me and that i'll take care of them and so as we you know move forward in our careers we need to build those really deep relationships of trust so that everyone is more successful i'm more successful in my career my team's more successful my company's more successful and I think that that will really just create a better place for all of us. And so I'm so excited to have spent this time with you today, Olga. Thank you again for inviting me to your show. And-
1: yeah, it's been my pleasure. And on this bright now, because I don't think I can end it any better than that. Thank you so much. Have a good day, everyone. See you next
0: you for stopping by we hope you enjoyed this episode of notes to my legal self know someone who'd make a great guest let us know self nominations are encouraged they are an act of courage remember the future of law is bright enjoy your in-house practice it's an adventure of a lifetime see you soon